So dear friends, uh, thank you for joining us here on this last day of April at the uh, Tuesday night Open Way Sangha. It's very lovely to have everybody here. It's been lovely to see the sun uh, come out today, uh, this evening, and light up our uh, zendo here. So today we'll uh, be exploring another of these uh, poetic uh, Mahayana sutras, uh, the Flower Garland Discourse, or the Avatamsaka Sutra. And um, I recommend you go, and if you weren't here when Steve offered his uh, talk on the Lotus Sutra at the beginning of the month, that you go and listen to that, because he gave a wonderful uh, description of these sutras uh, as poetry, as uh, parts that, that touch us in a different way. And these um, Mahayana sutras uh, all begin like the sutras that we might be accustomed to out of the chanting book with the, um, I heard these words of the Buddha one day. And, uh, and then it proceeds to kind of blow the doors off reality. Uh, and they uh, start talking about the multitudes and infinities of beings and worlds and uh, uh, spends much of the uh, sutra, much of the words uh, going into those uh, details. And it has the effect of uh, slowly uh, changing the way that, that we think about the world and that we think about our reality. Uh, because it activates a different part of our brain, not our intellectual, uh, thoughtful part, but the part of our brain that um, delights in imagery and in, um, in beauty and in poetry. And these uh, sutras came, uh, came at a time when uh, Buddhism was uh, a little bit in danger of being institutionalized. Uh, there was a, um, a sense of the monastic community as the uh, access to the practice, as uh, the uh, go-between. So lay people, uh, all of us, our role was um, simply to support them uh, to get access to the practice. It sounds familiar uh, in other Western traditions as well. And so there was a reformation, and that's what the Mahayana, which is what our um, practice comes from uh, in Zen, uh, in the um, uh, Plum Village tradition, comes out of this Mahayana. That was a bit of a, a reformation at the time uh, where lay people uh, uh, had access to the practice and in fact could be quite accomplished practitioners. Um, and the, um, the bodhisattvas uh, were greatly emphasized at this time as well. They were uh, brought forward as beings uh, that were fully realized, but chose instead of leaving uh, the wheel of birth, rebirth, and death uh, to remain here with us, um, to remain here uh, so that all beings could be uh, free of suffering. It was a, a, a switch from uh, being um, the way that Buddhism was at the time, a way of uh, individualized 
freedom from suffering and more of a, a sense of a collective uh, awakening, uh, an awakening uh, out of suffering and a realization that uh, we can't be fully awakened and free of suffering if others are suffering in the world as well. So nobody nailed anything to any doors, but uh, we did. Uh, we do benefit from that uh, tradition, and that's where our practice of engaged Buddhism comes from. Uh, so what we have in our chanting book um, is about a, a page and a little, two pages and a paragraph. So that is an excerpt of a section of a chapter of the sutra. Um, and for visual aid, I did bring in the actual sutra, which is this book. Um, so I uh, will not be uh, talking about this part, although there are elements in there that I would be happy to, uh, that I will share uh, that aren't in our chanting book. Um, but I would like to just take a moment to read this uh, sutra since it is so short. And many of us are uh, not as familiar with this one as we are with some of the others. So it's uh, the Flower Garland Discourse, the Ten Great Aspirations of Samantabhadra Bodhisattva. Body, speech, and mind purified in oneness, I bow deeply to touch limitless Buddhas of the past, present, and future throughout all worlds in the ten directions. The power of Samantabhadra's vow enables me to be present everywhere. Where there is a Buddha, I am there. Buddha cannot be measured and neither can I. In a particle of dust are countless Buddhas, all of them present with their own assembly. The strength of my faith penetrates deeply into every atom of all Dharma realms. I aspire to use the great ocean of sound, giving rise to words of wonderful effect that praise the Buddha's oceans of virtues in the past, present, and future. I bring these beautiful offerings, garlands of the most beautiful flowers, incense, music, perfumes, and parasols, all to adorn the Tathagatas and their lands. Bringing food, robes, and fragrant flowers, torches, sandalwood, sitting mats, the finest adornments here in abundance, an offering to the Tathagatas. Inspired by Samantabhadra's vow, I bring my heart wide with deep understanding, with loving faith in the Buddha of the three times, as an offering to the Tathagatas everywhere. From beginningless time, I have acted unskillfully, with craving, hatred, and ignorance in actions of body, speech, and mind. Determined now to begin anew, I repent. I rejoice in every virtuous action by anyone in any direction, by students and by those who need learn no more, of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. All beings who are lamps for the world and those who have just attained enlightenment, I beg that you will think lovingly of us, turning the wheel of the Dharma for all. 
With sincerity, I make a humble request of the Buddhas and those who are about to enter nirvana. Remain with us here throughout the three times for the benefit and the welfare of all. I humbly make offerings inviting all Buddhas to stay with us and guide all beings to the other shore. All the merit of joyous praise and repenting I offer to the path of awakening. The merit is transferred to the three jewels, to their nature and form in the Dharma realms. The two truths are perfectly woven together into the Samadhi seal. The ocean of merit is measureless. I vow to transfer it and not hold anything for myself. If any human is careless and ignorant, destroying the path of liberation with actions of body, speech, and mind, may their obstacles be fully removed. In each moment, wisdom envelops the Dharma realms, welcoming all to the place of non-regression. Space and living beings are without limit. The same with afflictions and results of past actions. These four are fully and truly immeasurable. So too is my offering of merit. When I spent a little time uh, with that sutra, with that excerpt, um, when I read it, to me it reads a little bit like a love letter um, to the practice. Uh, A love letter and also a little bit of a pep talk. Uh, Like, we got this. We can do this. We're here together. And there were four, four uh, I guess themes or key points that kind of emerged for me, and I'd just like to, to share those with you. Um, so the first, uh, the first point was that of gratitude. Uh, well, the very first, the introduction, sets that tone of that um, uh, kind of starting for reality to start to be a little bigger than we think it is, uh, than just our own experience. And then the, the, what comes out of that is gratitude, this desire to make offerings, uh, offerings to, uh, to the Buddhas uh, throughout space and time. That is, um, bringing these offerings of the heart. And so, whenever, uh, and it's important uh, that we take these sutras, and as Steve did last month, um, bring them down into reality. Uh, because I know that I said it does kind of blow the doors off reality, but ultimately these our sutras uh, are meant to help us end suffering, not just to um, uh, be moved by the, the poetry, although that helps in suffering too. But when I notice a change uh, in my habitual responses, uh, when I uh, I'm in a situation that I, I may have had a particular uh, reaction, and that reaction is either muted or 
that reaction is uh, perhaps absent. And a new response comes about. When I notice that, uh, I have a practice of offering thanks, um, thanks to the practice. Uh, And with that, of course, uh, offering that thanks to the practice goes to all of the people who have supported uh, me in that practice. Uh, Our teachers, our sangha, our families, uh, in my case, my family, um, friends along the way. Uh, And so I invite all of that, um, all of those people into my consciousness uh, so that I don't feel like it's, yeah, you know, I did this. It's like, no, I did this with the help of everybody else. Um, And that to me feels like an offering of the heart. I might not be bringing incense and perfumes and instruments and carpets and sitting mats, uh, but I'm bringing uh, that sense of um, that sense of uh, the sangha, that sense of uh, gratitude uh, to myself and to the world in that moment. And likewise, uh, when we are able to offer pre- offer our presence, uh, our stable presence to others, uh, that's an offering of the heart as well. That's a way of bringing those um, those gifts. Um, one of uh, my uh, jobs is uh, to be on call at the St. Patrick's Hospital. And uh, when I'm on call in, in the night, uh, usually it's a, um, uh, something uh, has happened, something big has happened if I get called in. And uh, recently I was called into a, a trauma in the uh, emergency department. Uh, they, they come in from off the street. And um, I was so thankful for this practice uh, and for all of uh, the community. Uh, I really did bring a lot of you, all of you there with me uh, because I didn't know what I was walking into. I knew kind of the circumstances, but I don't know the families. I don't know um, what the responses are going to be. I don't know any of that. In fact, uh, uh, I just walked in and started talking to people. I didn't have, I didn't know who they were, uh, but I did have the practice. And, uh, and I was very aware at that time of uh, how grateful I was uh, to be able to offer that to these families who are in crisis, uh, in trauma. Um, grateful for uh, all of our, all of my teachers and the ancestors uh, aware of that in that moment as a way of, of um, bringing that offering of the heart. So sometimes I think like I come in, uh, oh dear, thanks, good catch. Two names. Two, yeah. <laughs> um, Sometimes I think, I imagine that I'm walking into those situations empty-handed, but after reading this, I start to imagine uh, uh, that perhaps I'm bringing these gifts, um, this incense and these sitting mats, the parasols, all of those things with me um, as a way of offering the thanks to the practice.
And the uh, sutra uh, sets us up a little uh, after that, after offering that gratitude, uh, it talks about um, how unskillfully we may have acted. Uh, it offers this, this second key point, uh, that of beginning anew, that of starting over. They use the words beginning anew in there. Um, and I, I was visiting uh, with a, a hospice uh, patient who was a born-again Christian, and he asked me, uh, are you born again? Um, and so I was, uh, this is, that's a delicate time, uh, because I may be shown the door. Uh, if I uh, answer uh, incorrectly, but I also have to answer honestly. So I, I, I said, uh, I'm not sure. Um, what do you mean by that? And some people, uh, you know, will just have a rote response, but he didn't. And I uh, am very grateful for that because he thought about it for a minute and he said, well, have you ever sinned? Have you ever known that you were a sinner and that you always would be? And opened up your heart and let the Lord in to heal you. That was his words. And I said, um, I wouldn't use those words, but I know that experience. Um, I know that experience uh, from our practice of beginning anew. Uh, I know what it feels like uh, to know that I'm not going to be perfect. Uh, I know what it feels like to um, lose my temper. I know what it feels like uh, to make an offhanded comment that I think perhaps as a joke that's uh, very hurtful, uh, that triggers uh, something else. I know all those things. And I know the experience of opening up my heart to that moment and offering love and acceptance of beginning anew. And so he, um, he taught me something uh, that I hadn't uh, hadn't known before. And I shared this with another person who grew up in that uh, tradition. And uh, he said it's, uh, it's a gift when people go to the level of experience, uh, because so often uh, in that particular tradition, it's up, it's up in the head. Uh, but to sink down into that experience, there's commonality uh, that I would never have known or experienced before. Um, and so that practice of beginning anew is um, uh, always available to us uh, whenever we need it. Uh, that practice of offering ourselves that love and acceptance, um, perhaps bringing our, us uh, gifts of the heart as well uh, to shore ourselves up. And the, the third part of, um, or the third point that kind of emerged for me with this uh, sutra is the, um, this idea of uh, generosity, uh, not in the same way in the beginning, not of that offering, but generosity of, um, of heart uh, towards other people. Um, there's a, a part in there that talks about, um, talks about uh, people who uh, have, um, forget the exact words, but uh, 
trampled on or, or made difficult the path of liberation. And so it's a, uh, the invitation at that time is to open uh, your heart to those people and truly wish them to be free of obstacles, uh, to take them in the most generous spirit. Um, I, I struggle with um, when I get nervous uh, in situations, I get very critical, and very judgmental. And uh, uh, my wife pointed it out to me whenever uh, we would be in the airport going to visit my parents, I would start being very critical of every person in the airport. <laughs> and she said, uh, are you nervous <laughs> to be going home? <laughs> and it, but it was, uh, you know, it, was, it was one of these, it was a bell of mindfulness. Uh, I was so grateful for that because it, it helped me see that pattern, that habit uh, of uh, instead of uh, being critical uh, inward, um, which is what happens when, when I get nervous. I start thinking, oh, I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not uh, the person I think I am. So instead of feeling that, it's much easier to put it out and uh, share it <laughs> with everyone else, uh, <laughs> on everyone else, I guess. Um, and uh, this past fall in September, I started a, a clinical pastoral education program in Billings uh, as part of uh, chaplaincy training. Uh, and just before then, I was actually reading through the, um, just uh, uh, one of the sections of uh, the full sutra. And there's a, a chapter in there called Purifying Practice. And I just want to share, it's, it's um, hundreds or maybe a hundred verses of um, things to do, uh, ways of, of training your mind. Uh, in all sorts of situations. And I'd like to share just a, two of the, the verses with you and then share a little of the experience with it. Um, so this is uh, um, they're, they're addressing uh, this whole assembly of people and talking about what bodhisattvas do. So the they in this uh, verse is referring to bodhisattvas. While with their spouses and children, they should wish that all beings, that is bodhisattvas or practitioners, should wish that all beings be impartial toward everyone and forever give up attachment. That's lovely because even though we are critical of our families, uh, we tend to be a little more uh, perhaps impartial toward them. Uh, and so it's an invitation that when we're in this situation, uh, think of this. Think about being impartial and free of attachment and wish that for all beings. Another one. I like this one quite a bit. When attaining desires. So when you get something you want, Bodhisattva should wish that all beings pull out the arrow of lust or greed and realize ultimate peace. And they go on. There's, there's many, many, many verses for all sorts of situations. And so when I read this, um, it really touched me uh, 
as a way of um, inviting that practice uh, into my life. So when I was sitting with this group of people, uh, these students, uh, we are all students, and there's only five of us, um, and I'm very, I was very nervous uh, because you know it's a, a new situation, it's new people that I don't know yet, and. Um, and we're also invited to uh, kind of be very vulnerable in that situation. And so when that happens, of course, the judgment and criticism come out as a, as a shield for me. So I used these verses and I just made, made them up uh, in the moment. So for example, um, when I see somebody who seems very overconfident, I wish that all beings could be secure and solid in their sense of self and in their practice, or something like that. You can just make them up. And it was such a gift uh, to have that, um, because it transformed the way that I viewed the people around me. It transformed uh, my experience uh, in that moment, because it brought me back um, here, right, to this practice. Uh, so when those habits came up, it brought me back. And so I found that uh, section such a gift um, to receive at that moment and then uh, to be able to practice with. And it's been very helpful uh, for all sorts of situations. Whenever I notice that critical or judgmental mind coming up, I can make up one of these verses in that moment for what I see. Um, or when, um, when I'm not, just not feeling connected to that, uh, to my practice, or when I'm not feeling connected uh, to the moment, you can invite one of those verses forward uh, to remind uh, to remind um, yourself, and for me to remind myself of what uh, what I really want to do, which is to to be free of suffering and to free the world of suffering, and that. Um, kind of leads into the fourth uh, point that, uh, uh, the fourth and final point for tonight that came out of that uh, sutra for me, which is the practice uh, in the world and for the world, uh, not just practice uh, for ourselves. And as I mentioned, uh, suffering uh, in ourselves and in the world is <coughs> intertwined. Uh, if there's one, uh, there's the other. Um, and so this, uh, this sutra reminds us, um, reminds, uh, reminds us to be um, practicing for the world. Uh, we certainly, you know, invite that introspection inward. Um, we certainly uh, try to free ourselves of suffering. It's hard to uh, and suffering in the world when we're still very reactive in some of the same situations. Um, but also, uh, it's a reminder that this practice isn't for us uh, solely. It's for everyone around us. It's for the whole world. And we really, really need that right now. Um, we have a... a We have a culture of uh, doing things for uh, an individual, for ourselves. Um, 
And so breaking that habit, maybe we can use one of those uh, verses uh, when we notice that we're doing something just for ourselves. Um, we can invite that. Uh, uh, I wish that all beings, uh, that sentiment of giving that, uh, giving our practice back to the earth. Now we do that every uh, Tuesday night when we close. We say, may the merits of this practice benefit all beings and bring peace. And it's a reminder uh, that what we've experienced here, uh, what we've um, learned and, and grown in ourselves here, is now, now our work is to bring that out and to share it. And this, um, the sutra, like I said, it, it does kind of have that feeling of a, a little bit of a pep talk. Uh, like, you know, like, let's go, let's do this. This is great. Um, and I, I was sharing with uh, uh, my wife that this is uh, probably the, the closest sutra I've seen to kind of an evangelical uh, response uh, to the practice. Um, but that's, that's all right. It's okay to celebrate, uh, to celebrate this practice. Um, I remember uh, years ago when I was very new to this and I was going back to visit my parents, uh, Rowan shared with me a Ram Das uh, quote where um, his, one of his students went home uh, to be with his parents and had the observation that, you know, when I talk about Buddhism, everybody gets angry. But when I am the Buddha, everybody's really happy. <laughs> and, um, and I think, uh, so I guess our version of evangelical uh, Buddhist practice wouldn't be so much uh, talking about it, but just being it, just really sharing ourselves, uh, offering uh, our gifts of the heart, um, having that ability to, to start over in our practice, to recognize that we are human beings. And that's, a, that's not just okay, that's wonderful. Um, and so, um, and then when we have those feelings, we, we remember that everyone else around us is a human being too. And we can hold them a little more generously in our hearts um, as we go out and, and begin to practice in the world and share. Um, share the fruits of our practice uh, and work towards uh, easing suffering. I like to use the phrase easing suffering. Uh, ending suffering uh, sounds too monumental, but I think we can ease suffering. And in fact, in our um, Bodhisattva recitations of Samantabhadra, uh, brings joy to a person in the morning and eases the suffering of a person in the afternoon. So. Um, so this whole sutra is a, a love letter to Samantabhadra um, and, uh, and of bringing that practice out into the world through that uh, really beautiful um, classical Indian poetic language.